Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Outside the Box. I'm your host, One, the CEO, and we have an awesome segment for you today. So if you're wondering what to do with your money during this pandemic, this is the show you want to tune in to. You are now plugged in, tuned in, tapped in to Outside the Box. Oh, it's so awesome to have you all back with me today. And today we're going to be talking about money matters. And I have none other than a mogul in the building. I have Ryan <laughs> Akers. Y'all give him a round of applause. Yes, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. It thank you for having me. It is awesome to have you. <laughs> I know who you are. Our viewers and listeners might not know who you are. So I want you to give us a little insight on what all it is that you do. All right. Ryan Akers for y'all. Some of y'all know me as Callie. From California and Houston, Texas, serial entrepreneur, finance specialist, or guru, and some, it just depends on where you find me at. Um, I don't want to say jack of all trades, but if it has something to do with money and business, I'm your man. So let's talk about real estate, we can do it. Let's talk about trucking, we can do it. Uh, financial literacy, we can do it. Uh, nonprofit, youth, giving back, inner city, mentoring, you name it, we're there. Now, I see that you actually have a business, Money Matters Institute. Mm -hmm. Can you give me a little insight of what that is? So Money Matters Institute, we set aside to be a financial literacy program for people of color. Okay. Right, or underserved communities, because a lot of times we have great ideas. Mm -hmm. We might even make money, but we don't know how to keep it. We don't know how to use it. It's And money can be powerful. Right. If taught correctly. And for whatever reason, we're not afforded that opportunity in our schools. I wasn't growing up. Right. Um, I don't even remember a financial literacy class. I remember how to write a check, which we don't use anymore, or balance a checkbook. But actually learning the importance of credit, mm -hmm. uh, learning leveraging power from assets. I, I didn't know any of that. And I had a buddy of mine who actually mentored some kids at a, uh, it was a private school. Uh, or excuse me, a prep school rather, mm -hmm. here in Houston. And he was an African-American guy, but he was going to an all-white prep school teaching them financial literacy. And I thought it was amazing because in those classes, those ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders, one of the things they had to do was put together a business plan and then operate it. Wow. So they're building themselves a business already in high school, learning how to get money. And this is a real business, by the way, while – the rest of us seems like in in Nana land, we're going to school trying to see who's going to wear the the best J's. Right. So I felt like uh, we're behind the eight ball, and I wanted to be able to give us a head start. Since I have my own child, I wanted to be able to start with her first. That's awesome. Now you also do consulting outside of the institute, mm -hmm. so that is like a separate faucet of something else that you offer. Because I see yes. that you have uh, <laughs> Acres Consulting. Can you That's tell us correct. a little bit more about that? Uh, Acres Consulting is set aside to be for personal and or business development. Um, kind of derived from, I used to have a tax office for 12 years here in Texas and also in California, or a few of them actually. Um, but I used to get asked a bunch of questions all the time about how, why, when, 
help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, ended up turning that into uh, of a, consul- a more of a consulting firm mm-hmm. uh, where you can, you know, book time. Let's get this thing situated versus you coming to my office and we're just sitting down. We're doing taxes, but then I done became your life man. Right. You know, over the next two hours. So right. I wanted to give myself some credit and give myself the ability to carve out time for people in particular. And I like that. I like that. Now, you actually recently published a book. Correct. And Correct. so can you tell us what we have to look forward to in this awesome read? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the title of the book is Getting Things Done. Uh, I'll put it together basically because a lot of us are procrastinators. Yes. Right. A lot of us, again, we have great ideas. We or have these things or these epiphanies where we feel like, aha, right. this is what I'm going to do. And then tomorrow we're like, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Right. And then tomorrow becomes a year. And so you put off of this great idea. And what will tend to happen is you'll see the idea that you thought about. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has manifested it. Right. 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 And so uh, Nike already stole the sign. Well, I won't say they stole it. They kind of they they have it. They own it. All right. The trademark is just do it. I wish I could say that. But instead, we're going to say getting things done. So. Right. Get into that habit of just getting things, things done. done. Don't make excuses for it. Right. It's so easy to come up with grand ideas, but to actually put put it into uh, action right. is usually where the fork in the road hits. <laughs> A lot of times, yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what inspired you to even want to? Because I see that everything that you have is really about building and Correct. and you know manifesting having mm-hmm. more control over your your financial the financial freedom mm-hmm. so what inspires you to want to seek out one financial freedom and then two teach it to other people and educate them on it i think the main concept for me was empowering people mm-hmm. um, coming from humble beginnings i'll use that term right mm-hmm I didn't grow up with a silver spoon. Right. There's a lot of different things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do. As a matter of fact, talking about Jordans, my mother never bought me a pair of Jordans. First pair of Jordans I ever got, I paid for out of the military. <laughs> so uh, that just didn't happen. One right. of the things I wanted to do was, like I said, empower myself. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you learn that real power comes when you can empower other people. Right. It's something in that. It's just, <laughs> it's, gra- it's more gratifying of course. than just having power yourself. But when you can give the game to someone and actually they can apply it and you can see that they can grow from it. It's mm-hmm. just a different type of gratification in it. Definitely. Yeah. Big facts. Yeah. So but in, in working with the kids that you have in your youth program, have you been able to actually see them apply it and manifest okay. things? Of course. Yeah. I think one of, well, that, so that kind of started from my own personal development when I was younger. I was a knucklehead kid, California, Southern California. So I got active with a lot of the things that the streets saw in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. However, I had some good mentors along the way who were stand-up guys that kind of tried to steer me in the right direction. Now, I didn't always make the right choices, um, but being able to have those people to fall back on, you know, in the back of your mind, if somebody's telling you the right thing to do and they're doing it out of love, mm-hmm. if you make a, a bad choice or a bad decision, you tend to think about, like, man, I don't want to let that person down because that person really believed in me. So... These kids um, are Sky's the Limit is now Sky's the Limit National CDC. We were Sky's the Limit Youth Center, but Sky's the Limit National CDC has now been operating in Acres Homes for about six years. Okay. Is where the base is at or our core. Um, just because I have a lot of 
love. I, there's a couple of businesses also in Acres Home, mm-hmm. but I have some friends that are over there. Um, so I, I like I'm rooted there, even though I'm not from Texas. Right. I have a lot of love and a lot of influence in that community in particular. And my heart kind of goes out because it's a predominantly black community, which I think is fantastic. However, I think that the opportunities that are there are not as much as they could be. So right. we wanted to be able to um, show these youth that it's not just about being in the streets. Um, however, even though you come from this, this is not your end game. Right. Mm-hmm. We all make a choice. We have choices every day. So if I can spark the mind of one of those kids, boy or girl, to say, you know what, I don't have to just be here. Mm-hmm. I don't have to just settle for this. That was kind of like the game plan. Now, where were you in life when you had that aha moment to decide, I don't want to be an employee. I oh. want to be an employer. Mm-hmm. What what triggered that? Like, what, where were you in, in life when that happened? Two instances. Um, the first job I ever had, real job anyway, was at McDonald's. I was the Calvin of my era. Okay. Right? But the men who hired me were black. Mm-hmm. They were the owners of like 15 McDonald's. Awesome. They used to go to church with us. Um, and they were, one of them in particular, I call him Unc, mm-hmm. uh, Leroy. He was a great, fantastic mentor even. Still to this day, he's, he's a fantastic guy. I could call him for anything. But they put that umph to not settle. That's the first spark. And then I was able also in high school to... Going tour at the time, dancing, we were doing a whole bunch of hip hop stuff back then, and let uh, me find <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, back then, we got blessed to go on tour with Kirk Franklin back then, and that was uh, during the era where Stomp and Revolution were his big things. Um, and from that, being around a person of his caliber, at I would I would say one of the heights of his career, and mm-hmm. then being around the music industry with everybody else, right? Being able to touch hands and talk to these individuals and basically live life because we were on the road the whole time, but being able to have that experience. When I came back off a of tour, I graduated the same year in '99. Uh, coming off the road, it, it kind of like flipped my head. Mm-hmm. Like this, I can't go back to working a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just made it how is. much money a week? Yeah. You know what I mean? So my mind was already going then. It was like, man, but it's kind of like, how do you get yourself into that situation? Mm-hmm. But that sparked. That was my that was my initial spark. Like, working is not going to be the thing that I do for the rest of my life. Right. Right. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to control, right? Because I saw these individuals control their destinies, control what it is they wanted for their family, their time, traveling, all that type mm-hmm, of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew then that working wasn't going to be the, the lead thing. Right. That was just a segue into something much grand, a grander scale. <laughs> okay, I didn't tell you. I didn't know how I was gonna get there, but I definitely knew that. Now you've come a long way. So you, like you just said, you didn't know how you were gonna get there. But what came first? Because you have like the tax companies, <laughs> the trucking companies, <laughs> the consulting firm. You have like you are literally everywhere. So what came first? Uh, man, let's see. You know, to be honest with you, I did work. Okay. When I first moved to Houston, I worked, uh, bounced around. I, uh, back then, I was Reliant. So I worked at Reliant, which was a good company for a minute. Then I worked in a, an energy and oil field, which is great money out here. Mm-hmm. So for me, coming from California, where we didn't really have the jobs like that afforded to us, to coming to Texas and seeing. And the cost of living was like way oh, cheaper. Oh, ridiculous. When yeah. I came here, the gas prices were like $1.50. And in California, I was already 350 plus. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like I won just off of moving. 
But then coming down here and seeing people that look like me being successful, mm-hmm. you know, driving nice cars, living in huge houses. I'm like, this has got to be the creme de la creme. Like, <laughs> I just came to heaven. Yeah. So, so it took me a minute to kind of find that. And I used to land good jobs, and I would probably stay there a, a year. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom asked me one time, like, Ryan, what's going on? Like, you get all these good jobs that people will die for, and you, you quit. Because mm-hmm. literally, I would just be quitting. I would just wake up one day and be like, no, I'm not going. I'll figure it out. Right. Mind you, I had a child already, mm-hmm. so I'm really living freelance right now. But I just knew in, inside of me there was an unction to say that I wanted to do something different for myself. Mm-hmm. Got a break. I went to go register my nonprofit. And the guy that I was registering with actually uh, was talking to me while we were, he was registering the company for me. And I guess I piqued his interest. Um, he offered me an opportunity to come to a training class mm-hmm. to learn the tax game. I said, okay, what you know, what do I have to lose at this point? I was trying everything else. It's like, okay, let's try it. I went to the tax class. There was 10 people when we started. Within a week, I was the only person left. Wow. So I took it as a sign, like, okay, let me just try it. Started part-time, and not too long after that, he just made me a partner. Wow. So I came in there, just busted my butt. And I remember when I actually quit, because I quit again, when I quit working for the oil field, I had made, like, so much money in this one particular day. I was just counting it up, cash, mind you. I was like, there's no way I'm going back to work for, you know, 16-hour days, mm-hmm. slaving, going back home, taking a shower just to get back up and do it all over. And I just sat in a, a chair, AC, I'm chilling, and I just made the same money in a day. Right. No. Yeah, so that that's what started the Click. tax business. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly. And then so it grew from there. So did when you decided to step out, and, and start your own tax business. Mm-hmm. Did you have a support team or did you just jump out there? I have always been a um, a solo guy, mm-hmm. right? I, I live on the edge I get my, pretty much my whole life. I'm a radical of uh, sorts. So once I make my mind up, there's nobody that's going to stop it. Okay. And what ended up happening was, you know, you just you deal with people in business, you outgrow them true right and my vision okay. yeah definitely it's it okay. should be yeah. you should be able to grow with the business i think i outgrew him i know i outgrew him because what we were doing was expanding and, and my my mind was on getting multiple locations and his was just set on being comfortable which is cool mm-hmm. but i saw myself then like man this is easy i can do this i can do this so many people are coming to me this is all word of mouth no mass advertising i was like counting dollars like okay if i open this one this one this one this one i don't have to run them but I can own them. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of the multiplication game was going in my head. And I think we kind of just took off as far as support system. I remember my best friend, okay, somebody I view as a brother, told me that when I started the tax business to go back to work. Because what you'll find out as trying to be an entrepreneur, you'll find out that a lot of people don't have the drive that you have mm-hmm. or won't have the vision that you have. And you have to be able to turn those people off and turn on yourself Mm -hmm. three years into my tax franchises my best friend still to this day actually came back to me and apologized he was also one of my first clients wow okay so you know while he didn't agree with it he was still supporting me Mm -hmm. from his angle as much as he could could right and then once he once it hit him like this dude is really successful he came back and he he was a man and you know just said man I'm sorry man I don't, yeah. I didn't I didn't think you could do it but you did and it so. happens I've I've been told uh, I was wasting my time 
you know. I believe it. I've, you know, I'm told, oh, you need to find something else to do. And it, it's okay. I was discouraging it, you know. And if I would have listened back then when I first said I wanted to write a book. And they was like, oh, you're wasting your time. When I right. said I wanted to be a poet. And I was doing poetry every Sunday. They're like, why are you going to the poetry lounge? Not knowing. Here it is 20 years later. Right. I can go get paid $750 to do a 15-minute right. poetry set. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which is and, dope, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But that came from believing in what God gave me and right. his promise was that our gifts is going to make room for us but we have to apply them mm-hmm. we have to apply them. We ne- you can't just be gifted you can't just be gifted alone you have to actually put some action <laughs> behind that gift now, preaching right now yes so what what advice could you give someone that wants to step out and be an entrepreneur that's still working for a different company right, right now. Because, you know, that's how we all start. I mean, I still Definitely. work for an investment firm. Right. Because that's my for show money. Right. <laughs> you know. There's no knock on that. Yeah. So what what advice could you give someone who's wanting to take that leap and be an entrepreneur? What are some solid tips you can give them? I would tell that person, one, believe in yourself, um, which it comes with faith, having faith and all of those good things. Pray. Definitely, because being an entrepreneur is not the easiest task. You will face a lot of hills, obstacles, rocks, roadblocks. I mean, if you name it, it's going to come to you as an entrepreneur. But there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. because they, they call it risk and a reward. Uh, those people that are entrepreneurs, as you know, take the most risk. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's only right that we reap the most yes. reward. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I tell people all the time, like, <laughs> if your dreams don't scare you or make you nervous, they're mm-hmm. not big enough. Correct. Because that means you're, you, you're too comfortable. Right. You know, grow, growth should cause a bit of discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they call it growing pains. So when, you, when you're going through that transition, you have that, I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyway because I trust my gut. There you go. And then that's when you see the fruits of your labor manifest. But as long as you're sitting back and you're listening to the naysayers, it's like, oh, that's impossible. Yeah, it's going to stay impossible for you if you're one of those people yeah. yeah if you're one of those people that live to please people yeah you might not be an entrepreneur right it's not for you yeah because being an entrepreneur you're gonna piss some people off you should yeah i, I, I you think can. if you're not pissing people off you're not doing something right right so. yeah because you can't make everybody <laughs> happy all the time right now so in your when you started your trucking company can you tell me about that because I see you have your taxes, you started your right, franchises right, and right. everything. How did you roll over into the trucking? So it was sporadic. Um, when I got into the trucking field, first I got into it, I started a moving company first. Okay. To be honest with you. So I had a buddy in San Diego who was doing a moving company. We went to high school together. He went to the military as well. And I was kind of watching him. I mean, he was flashy. My dude, he's still flashy. Mark, what's up? Anyway, a flashy guy, but I'm like, how's he, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. And he told me, I got a moving company. He was telling me his operation, basically the whole, you know, his whole get down. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, I'm a numbers dude. Yeah, yeah All I yeah. care about is the numbers because if numbers make sense, then it, it makes it sense, It makes right? sense, right. Well, he told me his numbers, and I was like, I'm starting one next week. Let's partner up. And that's basically how it started. I sent uh, some guys out there in California, actually, and we did the moving company. But they didn't really go as planned. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a quitter. Right. So I ended up kind of morphing the moving company into a box truck company. And we're delivering for Sears up in Austin, up in Dallas, up in Houston. It wasn't really making me the money that I thought I was supposed to make. It was a lot of maintenance, blah, blah, blah. Heard from some other people. Maybe you should get into um, 
dump trucks. So we morphed again into the dump truck world. Went out. I, by this time, I have acquired a partner now. Mm-hmm. So myself and my partner went out. We just basically, he's a go-getter also because I can't be with a partner who Oops, is not yeah. motivated. And and my guy is dope. So we, we both sat down, had a little conversation about dump trucks. It was like, we need $50,000. And I promise you within a week, we were like, let's go get the dump trucks. Manifestation is powerful. Speaking yes. into existence. Yes. And follow that follow through <laughs> is real. Right. Yeah. So from there, we did the dump truck thing in Houston. And what I found out is if it rains in Houston, the dump truck's not working for a couple of days, which means you ain't making no money. Right. So kind of fly by night, we was like, let's try the <laughs> the semi truck. We sold the dump trucks, got one semi. And in the last 12 months, we've been able to acquire what would seem like uh, one semi a month. But we now have 12 under the fleet. So kind of a one of those things that I didn't you see hiring. coming. No, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a million jobs. I think you got me on. We, we, we about neck and neck right now, huh? I might be part Jamaican. I don't know yet. I don't know either. <laughs> so it seems like you have your hands in so much. And now the due diligence part of it. Mm-hmm. Is that was that hard for you to, or was you just trusting your instinct and just jumping and just taking that risk? I was getting things done. Getting things done. <laughs> I, like I said, if you're gonna be that type of person or entrepreneur, the people that I looked at in business were people that just did things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, I was looking at Diddy when I was growing up, or Puffy, Sean Puffy Combs, whatever you want to call him. Right? Yeah. He was just a, a pretty awesome dude. I loved his swagger. I love the fact that he went from music to clothes to real estate to like to vodkas. Like I'm like, still do anything. Everything, yeah. If it touches his hands, he makes it work. Mm-hmm. Does he know he's gonna make it work? Maybe not if uh, like it right does, up front, right. but he has the, the wherewithal to know that he's not gonna quit. Right. So taking that into account, I just said the same thing with, with if I'm gonna jump into anything relationship. Personal, business, we're going to go. Yeah. I'm either all or nothing. So you'll find that out. Like, anybody who deals with me just knows if I got your back, I got your back. back. Period. That's dope. That's dope. Now, is it if it's something that you could do differently in this business game, mm-hmm. what would it be? Good question and a hard question, but at the same time, I, I would probably tell you nothing. And I can honestly say that because the lessons that I learned – I wouldn't trade those for the world because right. that's brought me to where I am now. And some of those lessons were really hard lessons, mm-hmm. right? Having to do with like life, <laughs> dealing with bad partners, uh, you know, just horrible situations, people that try to screw you over, people that undercut you, you know, people that want a middleman this, people that don't want to see you succeed, people that you hire thinking that they're smarter than you in that field because you hired them and then trying to go out there and take your vision and go with it. You know what I mean? So so those things all molded me into who I am and where I am right now. Um, The, the beast (laughs) as I like to call it, but uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a very mild mannered Mm -hmm. man when I need to be. And then there's occasions where Suge Knight comes out. Like, so (laughs) I think if I took that away, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I might be a, a few steps further away, and I don't want to be there. Well, that's that's awesome. So tell us where we can find you. I know you have your own Instagram page. Correct. Uh, only correct. Ryan knows best. That's correct. And they can find you, follow you, stay up to date. Please do that. Tips. Follow your boy. 
Yes, so we have that up there. Only Ryan knows best. You guys go to that Instagram page, like, follow. Make sure that you guys get some of those awesome tips that he's always releasing. And then also your book. Your book is also Correct. available on Amazon. It is on Amazon. Get things done. Get so we want done. you guys to go and make sure that you go to Amazon, order the book today. Please, order so a that couple. you can start getting things done. <laughs> hey, get, yeah, get a get a few. Yeah, give, give them out. A friend or yeah, two. yeah. I know some of y'all got got somebody on your couch you might want to get some things done. Get it for them. <laughs> Listen, it's, the book is for them. It is for them. <laughs> and you also have a, a Money Matters Facebook page as well, right? Correct, correct. Money Matters Institute or MM, uh, excuse me, MM Institute. On Facebook, um, you can find us. We give tips. Sometimes I do little seminars on there. The last one I did was about nonprofits or how to start it. Um, so, I mean, if you send me an inbox or a DM, let me know what your question is in regards to finance, money, or just in general. I normally get back to you. If it's good enough, we'll even make a post. You know, I'll get on here and make a segment. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. Thank I, you. I don't think I told Thank you that you. during this uh, interview, but I am. You just, didn't, but I appreciate it. Just to see, <laughs> you know, that you're doing things and haven't been discouraged, mm -hmm. you know. I wanted to ask you, have you seen a difference since the pandemic started? And, and if so, what was... in what? Your money, like, you know. Oh, okay. All right. I noticed that a lot of employers are kind of okay. It's the right. employees right. that are having right. the setback, but there are some business owners and entrepreneurs who are feeling the, you know, the, yeah, the brunt, the brunt of that. Mm -hmm. So, have you been directly affected by that in your line of work? Initially, um, I think kind of every business was because mm -hmm. everybody was kind of trying to figure it out. Right. In the truck world, which would be one of my most diverse businesses, it was it was an interesting thing because we have obviously drivers. Mm -hmm. And so my thing with uh, employees or those are extended family members, if you right. ask me, That's my how thing I is I don't, I don't want anybody to have to not be able to take care of their family. So we, we made a lot of different sacrifices during the pandemic to make sure that we can keep drivers, mm -hmm. even if it was only at a minimum. Right. Um, however, it was like the light shifted and during the pandemic, God just shined down and said, okay, grow. And, We've been able to grow during the pandemic, and actually our numbers are looking better right now than even before. So wow. versus a year ago to where we're at right now is like a complete, like, bomb just went off somewhere <laughs> and showered us down like these great blessings, which I take. Thank you, Lord. But it happened. So for us, we didn't – I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we felt a, uh, you know, a, a hurt. Um, mm -hmm. It definitely was challenging at first with, like I said, I believe most businesses felt that. But for us, it's been actually been pretty good. And we're still growing right now. Mm -hmm. So I would I would like to say, nah, I think maybe we, we made a good investment with the trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that investment. <laughs> well, I definitely want to thank you. I wish we had more time to talk. Maybe I have to bring you back for another segment. We can Let's talk about some of these other things you Let's have going. But in the meantime, in between time, I want to thank you for taking the time to come and share your energy with me on my platform and thank to bless me. me and bless others with a little <laughs> knowledge on how money matters. So I want to remind our guests to be sure to check us out on all platforms. We're on multiple platforms. 
platforms. We're on Google Play, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, and Stitcher. And for the time being, you can find us on Facebook, streaming live under Onay, the CEO. Find a platform that works for you. Like us, subscribe to us, tell a friend to tell a friend to join the movement. I am Onay, and thank you for joining Outside the Box.